Good morning. Happy Easter to you all. It's good to be together. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we come before you and we give thanks to you for who you are. We give thanks to you for the significance of this remembrance this morning. Father, we thank you for the risen Christ. We thank you, God, that the hope that we have in him is a hope that surpasses all of the difficulties and trials of this life. It's a hope that carries us through this life and beyond. It carries us into your very presence. It carries us into eternity with you. God, we thank you that because of Jesus, we have the sure and certain hope that we have been not only found, called, redeemed, but we have been adopted, God. We have been made into sons and daughters, and we are welcome when we reach you. God, it is an awesome thing to consider. And it is a glorious thing to remember that no matter what we face in this life, the hope of eternity is never shaken. Help us to remember that, God, as we face hard days. Help us to walk in the grace that's ours. And help us to be faithful with the lives that are set before us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll turn to the Gospel of Luke in the 24th chapter, starting at verse 1, if you would join me in standing. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away. And they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. It happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales. And they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran down to the tomb. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. Please be seated. The darkness that waits in the grave is the most terrible of things. It is the specter that haunts our darkest dreams, and it is the menace that lurks in the deepest places of our imagination. Death has such a finality to it. We see it as completely without hope, ultimately without help. Death comes for all and is no respecter of persons. 
It's important for us to acknowledge the natural state of things as we consider the morning of the resurrection. Having been delivered into a better perspective than this, we must remember that that's a perspective that's uniquely ours as followers of Christ. It's not the way the world sees it. And it's not the way that those women on the first morning saw it. On this side of Calvary, we see so clearly what was still hidden from them. That victory had already been won. That the Lord of life had already been restored to his own. And that their hope was not in vain. But seeing it from here, while it lets us know the end, it also robs us of the power of that experience. Most of us cannot even comprehend a world where the knowledge that Jesus is risen is not ubiquitous and constant. We all know the story. We all know the tale of the cross, the tomb that the silly woman who thought that someone stole the body filled with fear. We all know that fear filled the disciples who could not remember what they were told, and worse, refused to believe the evidence of their own senses. But these things that we all know are things that we only know because we live now. We have the benefit of the end of the story being told before the experience of the middle, or even the beginning. And while there might be some comfort in having the story interrupted and being told, she does not get eaten at this time, it also robs the story of some of its power to thrill and to compel. And it certainly reduces our ability to emphasize with those who did not have the perspective that we've been permitted. So, for just a few moments... I want to ask you to forget what you know, to consider with me the impact of the empty tomb. I want to think about death in a more visceral manner, a more difficult manner than we might be accustomed to consider its horror. I want us to remember the grave, to consider it, and not just any grave, but his grave, the grave of Jesus. First, understand that in this grave... The women were coming to give honor to their fallen master. And as they were coming to give honor to their fallen master, God had already honored him above all others and had already raised him from the dead. Now, I'm not changing my mind about what I want you to forget, but here's the simple fact. Whatever you might be facing, unknown, uncharted, unexpected, undesired, God has already known it. He has already planned it from the foundations of the universe. He has ordained every single circumstance to bring it about. In short, God delights in the big reveal. You see, God is the master storyteller. He invented story. He knows all the tricks. He appreciates how wonderful it is for us to be swept along in the current, to be scared and worried and then see with clarity what the God who has kept all of this from us as also the God who has kept all of his promises. And that things that made us so sad or afraid were all designed to teach and to shape us in fundamentally important ways. So in the confusion of your darkness, remember that God has already fashioned your answer. Secondly, in spite of their sorrow, in spite of their fear and their anguish, they were coming to honor Christ with the best they had and with the fullness of the love that they bore for him in the act of their coming. We often respond to our darkness by pulling away. 
We often allow fear, hurt, or sorrow to create a rift in our spirits. We permit our own hurt to keep us from that which is in front of us to do. Beloved, God is never willing that we should stop living all the days of our lives. As long as you have breath in your body, you have hope, you have purpose, and you have power to do something or you wouldn't be here. He has work for us to do in this day. And our act of sacrificial love for him just might be the victorious cry that shook the world. He's risen. We can never know what is just around the bend. But we can be faithful in the midst of our moments. And we can wait for God to reveal what he's planning to reveal. We're called to be faithful with the things that are ours to do. Period. Lastly, I want to remind you all that the empty tomb still holds real power for this age. It stands triumphant over every painful aspect, over every sorrow, over every broken promise, over every disappointment. It stands victorious over every wound. The empty tomb is the victor's declaration that nothing holds any power over us any longer. The women forgot what they were coming to do. They no longer needed the spices that they had prepared. They no longer needed the wraps. They no longer cared that Jesus had died. I know that sounds strange, but think on it. His death was the only thing that they could see when it was all that they knew. But as soon as God had showed them the rest, the pain and the horror of Friday was lost and forgotten forever in the wonder of Sunday. All too often we focus on the things that are our wounds. All too often we focus on the things that cause our hurt, that bring us pain. We cling tightly to the events of the past that shape our today in ways that are contrary to our desires. But they're not even half the story any longer. They're simply the background. The real story is that he is not in the tomb. He is risen. And that changes everything. That simple thing alters the whole of our lives. It alters the entirety of our existence and the scope of our perspective. Or at least, it should. My challenge to us all this day is to seek the empty tomb with fresh eyes. To consider just what it meant and just what it means. My challenge to each of us is to live out the declaration of the angels. He is not here. He is risen. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you give to us grace in this day, that you teach us to live the truth that Christ is risen. And I pray, Father, that as we are a body in a place that has been given a purpose, that we would remember that the power and the strength to fulfill the purpose set in front of us has also been given to us. God, help us to walk in the grace that's ours because of Christ. Help us to love him and to honor him, that he might indeed be firstborn among many brethren. Teach us, God, what it looks like when we are wholly committed to you, wholly committed to him. Teach us what it looks like when Christ is risen in our hearts. We ask it in his name. Amen.